Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Start Dreaming Again podcast. I'm Tabitha. I'm Natalie. And today we are uh, giving you all our very first session from Renew. We had different breakout sessions on um, different aspects of our community. Um, We had one on friendship. We had one um, on just discussing different core activities of our community. Um, The one that we're going to be discussing today is house church. Um, it's listening on the, in the, listening in the community. Yeah. Um, and kind of the basis of our house church movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about this in the intro episode a few weeks ago. Yes. Um, so if you're a little unfamiliar on that, I would encourage you all to go listen to it. Um, but today we're just going to kind of unpack it a little bit, um, and listen to the breakout session. Yeah. So we talked about quite a few things in this conversation. Um, I think the biggest topic is just how to make church happen organically in your local community um, and just what that looks like, having the DNA of a family community as the basis of our house church, and then even what that would look like if it was the basis of our society. Um, And then just how church isn't a place, it's a people. I'm sure that you've probably heard um, that church is not the building, but just how to live that like how to live a life that shows that um, was a big part of the conversation. And I know that's a big thing that I took away from really heavy. Yeah. We uh, also, what was discussed is testimony of lived discipleship. Mm -hmm. Um, Just bring that to church on Sundays, talking about how we've lived our life on mission. Mm -hmm. Um, And also uh, that brings more into the idea of being the church, not being at the church. Um, It's just an encouraging point. You really get to hear how that works and how Mm -hmm. to live that out. Um, Instead of someone just, you know, preaching at you, telling you to do it. We really Mm -hmm. get to discuss and learn from other people. Um, And also what's discussed is the concept of the table, Mm -hmm. inviting people in and around the table from differing communities um, and just, Providing that hospitality point mm-hmm. in our community is just really important. Um, and that's something that's uh, talked about a lot. And it just re- reaffirming the family um, situation in our community. Yeah. And that family isn't just who you live with. You can invite people into your family and around your table um, as part of your community. Mm-hmm. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation with the Sims, uh, Gannon and Carrie, who are two of our house church leaders and our leaders here at the center. Um, and we'll be back at the end to talk about some takeaways and unpack it a little further. So enjoy. So this is a session on listening in community and kind of how we anchor our house church network um, in Fredericksburg, the center community. Um, and I'm Gannon, and Carrie and I are kind of leading this session. And we're at the Epperson Farm in Ararat, Virginia, and there is blowing rain, and we're under a tent. But we can see some light beyond the clouds. Um, so we always are thankful for rain, and then we hope for what happens after the rain. And... Uh, this is a chorus of Windsor Hammond's I can also, uh, like, try and, like, antics. Okay. So she loves bouncing. She absolutely loves bouncing. Um, so we just thought we would talk a little bit about why we do house church. Um, because we don't do house church just from a pragmatic standpoint of, like, oh, we should just meet in a home. Um, it's, you know, we've got a lot of biblical justification for you know the fact that the early church started in homes. Um, we read in Romans about Aquila and Priscilla. Um, we read about them also in 1 Corinthians. We read about uh, a whole household, Philemon and Aphia and Archippus and Philemon, uh, the household church there. We read about um, Andronicus and Junia and Romans, another house church. Uh, so this is kind of appears to be the way that things were, things were done. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, if we can talk a little bit about like why why do we think that families or households were a primary starting point for the new Christian community? Anybody thought about that before? I guess there was a practical implication, right, where mm-hmm. there was persecution going on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a house was the safe place to meet. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think there was a lot of people. I'm trying to not just give like like oh, some. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like wait, don't do that. <laughs> but uh, but something I thought was like really interesting um, was that you know a lot of the people in the early church they were coming from Judaism, and so a lot of them were still like you know, associating going to the synagogue, like those ones that were, you know, doing that. but then they would go away. They would kind of like, so it was like they were in their culture, but then they would also like kind of go away and do like instruction of the faith in their house, you know? So Yeah, they were kind of doing the both end, meeting in the temple daily, it says, and then meeting in houses, mm-hmm. breaking bread, fellowship, and prayers. Um, so yeah, that was happening. Um, I find it interesting that the Greek word for household is oikos, um, known to most of us as a yogurt brand. Um, but oikos um, is a really interesting word because the the root oikos is the same root that we get in the words economy and ecology. So that oik root in the Greek is in it's like rooted in the bedrock of our economic system and our ecological just remember sitting out here in a beautiful uh, beautiful farmland um, you know and you can't have all of these trees pollinating the corn growing whatever without um, just a, an ecosystem and so you know it's it yes is a safe place and yes was a, a set apart place but I think it starts from you know the root the household um, Households were the anchors for uh, businesses. Houses often contain, as we read in, in Fleeman, more than just a mom and dad and two kids and a dog. Um, these were epicenters for for business, for commerce. There were, you know, people living in these households that weren't kin necessarily, um, at least biologically. So. That's something to really think about. Um, and, and so, you know, think about the root of our society as the family community. And I say family community because I, I'm always cognizant of the fact of inviting other people into our families. Um, and so the Christian family community is, is very interesting um, because the first Christian family community theoretically should be oriented around Jesus. Um, not around just the fact that they are a family. Um, and I think this is something that we can like really offer as a kind of an apology or a corrective for the world. Um, Jesus, it's recorded in three of the four gospels. Jesus, his mom is looking for him, his mother and his brothers, Jesus is teaching and you know, like Jesus, your mother and your brothers are looking for you outside. And, and Jesus is like, who are my brother, mother, mother and brothers. Yeah. And he looks around at the people there and says, you are my mother and my brothers and my sisters. In fact, anyone who does the will of God is my mother and my brother and my sisters. And so it's just like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. You know, because good Jewish boys, you know, did whatever their mamas told them to do. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is calling for something different. Um, in fact, even after the temple is destroyed, I mean, the family, the family in Judaism got really, really tight because it was the primary place for religious education. Um, but Jesus is, is creating this whole new family. Yeah, it's great that we're married, um, that you're married, you have a baby. But you know, now we'll look how we're all connected around this table as family in Jesus. Austin, <laughs> baptized in that pond, family in Jesus. Um, and so how do we, as a family reorient around Jesus, like show how are we a picture of the way that Jesus loves? Mm-hmm. And Alan in his session talked about, you know, the, the mediating love between father and son in John 17. We see, you know, you know Jesus says, I, I only do what I see my father doing. So this is whole conversation that he's having in the spirit. And so the family, the relationships that we have here are uh, kind of just an echo of that relationship. And so in the marriage relationship, you see an echo of that. In the family relationship, you see an echo in that. As the, you know, says in Ephesians 5, husbands, you know, lay down your lives um, for your wife, wives. Uh, and husbands um, working in tandem in that way 
um, depict this great mystery of faith, of the way men and women are to relate. And, and parents do this for kids. Um, and, and Christians do this for one another because it's the way that we experience freedom. Like we experience freedom in laying down life for one another um, because life is a gift that we share that we share with others. And so, I mean, you know, we're all aware of the fact that most, um, at least American families, uh, lived more walled in than they live walls down. It's like, all right, let's protect the kids from the world. Mm-hmm. Let's drive our car in the garage, shut the door, turn on the TV, and just recover from the work day. Mm-hmm. So we have to go back out into that big bad world again and, and protect ourselves from all of the influences there. Um, but my suggestion in, in the Christian community is how do we live with our windows open, with our the doors front door open? Literally always unlocked. <laughs> 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 no, we we we're not the most high security. Um, I actually got that Alan though um, Alan Alan and Betsy just their front door was just always open just I mean there was a dog I mean but um, (laughs) may may he rest in power (laughs) Um, but to the dog Um, but you know a lot of us don't know how to share we don't know how to live in that kind of freedom of life um We've, we've grown up in family systems that are more like compulsory, like forced love. Like, I'm your dad. I did this for you, so you better love me back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was your experience, um, but that's some people's experience. of Kind of this like forced love. You feel like if I don't do this for somebody else, then they're not going to love me back, and, and I owe it to them. And, and so we, we treat each other as transactions, you know. I do for you. You do for me. Yeah. And so somehow that also gets put upon our relationship with God. Mm. So God is a transaction. But in the middle of these relationships, human relationships and our relationship with God, is this, is this, this, this amazing concept of grace. It's, it's a gift that we don't deserve, uh, but that we, when we receive it, we begin living in freedom. Um, so, I mean, it's great when we get to give without needing anything in return, but all the better if we give and it's like reciprocated. It's like, oh, these are my people. I get to do this with other people. Like Alan and Betsy saying, hey, our marriage is in trouble. Will you meet with us? And, you know, a year into it or something, like these couples are all experiencing life together. So this is the idea of of the family community relationship that undergirds our understanding of house church. Um, as part of a larger web of family-like relationships and part of a larger uh, network of the church around the world. Um, The home is not just a place where we do house church. The house church emerges out of our life as a couple, out of the life as a family. Um, You know, as as a couple is designed to generate life, you've got to generate life in lots of areas. Um, and, And, you know, Christian community is one of those kind of ways of generating life. Um, so I think um, that every family and every household is a church plant. Hmm. Think about it. Yeah. Church plant. You know, a little church. You know, two or more gathered. Male and female, under the Lordship of Christ, inviting other people into that. Um, and homes theoretically create like little i mean it was emma who actually helped me with this but little edens you think of the the garden of eden and how beautiful and perfect it was and how it had to end like we had to choose god's love god could not will or force god's love upon us um but that eden-like environment is is a is a window into the way that it will really be at the end when when everything is made new. But like, what would it be like for our homes to be like Eden-like environments where it's safe, hmm. where it can be vulnerable, where it can be trusting? And we invite other people into that space. Um, I think in a, a culture where people are really alone and scared of one another, inviting people into that space is is a profound um, gift. So. Um, we were talking with, with Destiny the other day, um, I was reading this, sorry, 
a Hans Urs von Balthasar book, but it's a really little one that I can actually kind of chew on and understand in, in tiny bits. But, you know, he talks a lot about our, you know, our society is so rooted in individualism and it's like do our own thing. Um, and it's, it's, we're so worried about our private lives, like stay out of my private life. But then if we're in a public setting, it's like, we want to be private, but then when we want to be together, we want to just, everybody needs to just accept everybody. Mm-hmm. So we, we are communitarian, communal, but, you know, we don't really want to ask heavy questions. But Von Balthasar, like, kind of comes against this, and he says, no, you can only be, you can't be a private person. You have to be moving towards being a person and a, and an and an individual, and you can only become an individual in the context of community. As Alan was sharing, it's like we are mirrors for each other. So in community, you become a true individual person, and a community is only strong if it's made up of true individual people. If we have a bunch of people walking blindly to follow some charismatic leader it's like watch out whoops we need people to hold up mirrors to the leader to everybody in the group so we'd be fully individual by being in community we'd be full communities by being fully individual inside of that so it's that it's a whole kind of new testament notion of one body many parts i mean you've got to have the little finger and you've got to have the eyes and the ears and the heart um, too so, um, it's that kind of spirit, um, with which we designed the, the house church gatherings and, and we design gatherings that are close knit, but they are not closed. It's like, come on, experience this. Um, you know, when we meet in the backyard, we, we, we try to as much as possible. And so people are walking by going, what in the world are those people doing? You know, the kids that come can bring their, their skateboards and, play um and that's fine and you know we didn't have to like design a kids ministry around it they can just like play and be themselves and and then offer what they have uh, and their experience into the group um we don't want house church to be like a thing on the calendar that you feel like i have to go to this or i am a bad christian it's like no um i want you to be a a good christian if house church helps you uh, with that phenomenal phenomenal but i don't i don't want this to be another thing that you put on the calendar as a meeting to attend i want it to be like a meeting that you feel like jesus is drawing you to and he's leading the meeting he's leading the gathering not us um we want house churches to have an element that is up like worship up in something that's communal um something that is out, recognizing that we're out on mission in our everyday lives, not that we have to plan a thousand mission trips. We are on a mission trip. Period. life. Yeah, life as mission, period. Washing cars, leading high schoolers, you know, working in a missions office, working uh, in school. And, uh, but we, we also want it to be of. So, I mean, I'm a big advocate of, 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 like traditional churches, having house churches attached to the traditional church. I'm a big fan of having a network of house churches that all relate together. Um, I'm a big fan of the big church around the world that has been here for a couple thousand years. And I'm not like trying to reinvent the wheel here. It's, it's what is, what have we experienced and learned from the church throughout history. And so our, our basic model for our flow on Sundays, we actually got from a group of Roman Catholics in Italy. We've adapted it a bit for our context, but the basics of it were adapted from an Italian priest who got promoted into the higher Vatican way of of doing things, created this whole uh, master's program on family ministry, Hmm. (laughs) and then looked back at the local church and went, so I'm teaching all of this stuff and I've got all of the survey data. I don't see how this is translating necessarily in the life of the church. And so he did what is unthinkable in, in, in at least the Catholic world is he asked to be transferred from a very high level job back into a, just a regular church. In fact, the very first church he ever served. Wow. He has, got asked to be transferred back into and said, I just got to put my theory into practice. 
Mm. And he started running Alpha. And he started running the marriage mm. course. And he started developing ways that regular people, and in the Catholic world, just involving regular people in ministry was just not that common. Mm. Um, and so he created this, this um, process he called community family evangelism. Mm. And he'd get the families to say, hey, pray for your neighbors. You might have to pray for your neighbors for three years before you ever get to meet your neighbor. You ever get to invite your neighbor into your home. Pray for your neighbors. And so just um, getting people kind of living into this way. And so then he created this little flow that we use in house church and and, uh, the seven moments of the house church. So we start with Thanksgiving, just popcorn around. What are you thankful for? Um, As you know, it's like if you if you can say something that you're thankful for. You, you're like, congratulations, you just prayed out loud in public. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, wait, I did? Mm-hmm. Yes, you just prayed out loud in public. Um, then we share testimonies um, of based on around two questions. What has Jesus done for you? And that, that's, a, that's a radical question. What has Jesus done for you? And then a second question. How has Jesus loved the world through you this week? How has he loved the world through you this week? And, and it takes a while. Like, it takes probably four or five weeks for the Irish person who's coming around to be like, I don't even know how to answer that, answer that question. Um, but then somebody will come in and be like, yeah, oh my gosh, I am, um, you know, this f- friend brought me coffee. And it was amazing. And we had this great conversation. And then, like, I was at a fast food place. And I just felt like God told me to give 20 bucks to the, the guy in line with me and the guy in line with me started weeping. And then I asked the guy in line with me if I could pray for him. You know, it's just this kind of stuff where people start looking for reasons to be used by Jesus mm-hmm. yeah. during the week and, and giving testimony to that. And then somebody gives that testimony and then somebody gets up the courage and they can live on mission um, the next week. So that time of testimony is, is real live discipleship happening right there in the house church gathering without having to add a discipleship course <laughs> to the house church. Um, and then for our, our sermon, we, we don't preach. Um, I sometimes talk a little longer than, than others. But we do um, a, a process of reading scripture called Lectio Divina. So it's, it's a Benedictine process, the divine reading of scripture, where we, we um, meet with our house church leaders on Zoom um, on Sunday mornings before house church. So at 9 a.m. we meet on Zoom, and we look through the, the revised common lectionary. <laughs> and we read. And in that lectionary, it's, it's great. Like, a lot of churches follow it. And there, you've got an Old Testament lesson, a psalm, a lesson from the epistles, and a gospel lesson. And so we read all those for our quiet times. We come together on Zoom, and we discuss which one we feel like would make the best um, experience for people um, on Sunday. And so we pick a text, and we read it four times, quietly and slowly, allowing for space between. And we ask a question every time we read it. It's like first time, just be thinking about a word or phrase that sticks out to you. Second time, think about how that word or phrase affects you. Third time, think about what that word or phrase might mean for us today. And then we let the fourth reading just wash over people as, as we contemplate God. Um, and, and the word contemplation simply means in our holy temple. Contemplation, contemplative. And then we share. And it's not a time to give our opinions on the text. We don't get into debates about the text. We share what the word or phrase was. And people expound upon it. And somebody says, I got that word too. And nine times out of ten, had I spent 20 hours preparing a sermon on this text, like I would match up what people share and what I would have shared, and it's basically the same thing. Hmm. Because, wait... The word of God is alive and active, <laughs> sharper than a two-edged sword. I mean, it is, it is alive. And so then people understand the, the Bible is alive. Yeah. And then they live the Bible as opposed to reading it only. And so we do the Selectio Divina move, talk about it. We'll take some time for announcements, what's happening in the community, what's happening in our neighborhoods. And then um, we spend a lot of time in prayer. We pray for uh, people and needs outside of our group. Um, you know, we, 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 we do, lately during the whole kind of 
draw down in Afghanistan. We have several guys coming that have served in Afghanistan and are really struggling with the drawdown. And so we spent a lot of time praying for Afghanistan and, and for troops experiencing hardship because they were part of that mission. Um, and so praying for needs outside the group, and then we pray for needs. We pray for one person every week inside the group, which is really cool. So, it, you know, in, in a lot of kind of church, I guess, small group settings, you, you kind of get derailed with prayer requests, um, which sometimes are the same every week um, from maybe one or two people. But we just kind of discern and usually Emma, Carrie, there are a few people who just usually have a mind meld on who we should pray for that week. And so um, instead of praying for them right away, we just listen for them for a word, for a scripture, for a picture. Sometimes we even say for a cartoon character. <laughs> what what maybe is God putting on your heart for that person? And then we just start speaking those words. And we record that um, to be a gift for the person receiving the words. And then we, we pray uh, for them. Sometimes we anoint them with oil. Um, and then we allow them a chance to respond. And it's really cool to hear how they respond to it. Because like, wait a minute. You know. Did, did you know that I picked, you know, 1 Corinthians whatever as my verse? But that's really happened. Somebody prayed somebody's uh, verse they picked for the new year mm-hmm. over them. Wow. And she had not told anyone wow. that she had picked this specific Bible verse. That's so cool. <laughs> and these are, not, I'm not talking, these are not people who are like rolling in, you know, the prayer room. These are just like, you know. Just normal. People. Normal. Just normal. <laughs> um... And so we have that time, and then we close our, our time together with the Lord's Prayer, um, just because it grounds us. It's it's the way that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Um, sometimes we pray that prayer looking out, just as a reminder that um, we're on mission uh, in the outside world. So, um, you know, listening to Scripture, listening to God uh, for one another, um, listening to our testimonies. If like, like listening in community helps us become better individuals and then a better community so that's what i wanted to share about um our house church flow and we can do a little um testimony we can do a little lectio ironically i picked if we were to do lectio i picked the same text that alan used in his a talk ephesians 4 i just this morning i was like oh well that's kind of cool um but um so just wanted to share that with y'all um Y'all have any, any questions? questions? I mean, some of you have experienced this like every week, but some of you, this is new. So happy to answer questions. Just wanted to give kind of a little like look under the hood, why we do it, and then a little bit of practicality. Yeah, so, so um, how long would a normal meeting go for you guys? Like I imagine it varies. Hour, hour 15. I'm mm-hmm. sure it varies. I feel like hour 15 is... Or hour and a half, I mean... The most. I think that's the most. yeah. Okay. Usually the Caroline's ding in 12 when we're starting prayer, I feel like. So, yeah. Hour 15. Hour, hour 15, hour 30. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And do you have like a like a, like a small group outside of the house church or is it like house church? So stuff just happens mm-hmm. organically. Which okay. Out of, so like what happened, I'll give a live example. Um, last, or I'll take the summer for example. Um, we had been doing this then at that point for a little over a year and um or a year and a half almost and um just what came out of that is gannon was like i want to read a csl i want to read the great divorce is anyone else interested in that and we could have brunch a couple weeks uh, a couple saturdays you know in the summer and talk about the great divorce and Mm. and so a group formed around that awesome and then i have been wanting to figure out how to use my spanish not lose my spanish and kind of like keep engaged with Mm -hmm. speaking spanish and um, so, and, and there's been, there's, there's a, there's a handful, actually it was at least maybe two handfuls. <laughs> there, was so, there, were, there were more people than you would think that had that same desire, um, at different levels of Spanish, like either just love Spanish, want to learn more, don't really, aren't really great at it, but really love being around it. And then people who are native speakers, mm-hmm. like we have like, and everything in between. Yeah. And so I led, um, I led a first John Bible study, which isn't even my nature to lead a, a, a study but so i i leaned on nt Wright's commentary um just because i didn't want to take on like i wasn't saying i'm going to be the scholar expert at this bible study because i didn't want i didn't want that this time i was trying to take more of a sabbath this summer 
But I said, I can convene us and we can speak Spanish and we can all read this commentary ahead of time. And then I will have some questions that we can rally around. So it feels more participatory. My plan had been that we all shared in the facilitation, but that just didn't happen. It's okay. Um, so anyway, so that happened. I'm cool. trying to think of other things. Um, I feel like there was another thing that happened. So that's what happens. It's like, like so it's yeah. like affinity kind of like naturally occurs yeah, out of interest where people are going deeper with yeah. each other, hmm. but it's not like, okay, everybody don't miss the opportunity to sign up for a small group. And sure, you know, you may or may not, it may or may not feel like forced fun, but we think you should still do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like no matter what, this is important. Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah, we just kind of want to leave. It's risky. You know, right. Cause then some people just go, Oh, well, I want to go somewhere that structures my life for me. Well then sure. go, there's plenty of that. Yeah. But that's not how, that's not what we're Cold doing. What doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. So yeah. that's what, you know, and, and so as the leader, right. right. Like facilitator, I'm, I'm looking for those opportunities, right? right? Like where is like, where's their energy? Where's a common Spanish interest. speakers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, like I would love for someone else to do that, but I'm, I'm going to probably have to model this. And so the fruit of that is I modeled it this summer and then Holly, who came regularly speaking Spanish, um, she is doing an internship now at the center this semester, yeah. leading al almuerzo. So like people just gather for Spanish speaking um, on Wednesdays for lunch, and then she's doing a Spanish devotional that she's sending through our social media and stuff. Just for awesome. the semester, she's getting credit as a Spanish major. What? That's awesome. So, so it's like, and and then oh my gosh, like this is like a answer prayer we didn't even answer. I asked, two people have come to Becca. I haven't even met this people yet, but apparently two people have come and said, I really feel, I really want to do something with Spanish and my faith. So I feel like because of my observation that there's something happening here in my obedience to gather a group, like now people are like carrying it forward. So I don't know if that helps, but. That does help. Organic group. Yeah, because I think that's what so many churches battle right now is the community group. Like this is where like large churches, thousand members Mm -hmm. is where they struggle to build that kind of community feel. Mm -hmm. And it does feel like forced fun sometimes. It does. I can't tell you how many small groups I went to where I was just like, this is so awkward, you know? (laughs) And so, but yeah. 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 So you're going back to that mutuality. It's like God does not force God on us. Right. Right. So why do we think that we're going to force a small group on somebody as the only means of connection with Mm -hmm. the Lord? Also, I'll say that another part of, I think, what works really well about the structure of what we do is it it can feel like a small group on Sunday morning. I was going to say, yeah, it kind of is. And so it kind of like is discipleship, Mm -hmm. which is small group but also church. It checks a lot of boxes. So it takes a lot of boxes so yeah. that people can actually live their life mm-hmm. freely and in community and know that they're deeply connected yeah. to other people doing the same thing because they've all committed to a way of living, a rule of life. Mm. And so the main event is not the Sunday. The main event is the whole week where you're living and right. like getting things, you're, you're doing things that you want to come and share with people mm. on Sunday. Yeah. Say, look at what God did for me or look at how he used me. So it, it just kind of flips where we've made Sunday the event or whatever the worship gathering the event mm. and it kind of flips it on his head and says no your life is the event mm. and so mm. just like let's come together and celebrate yeah. what God is doing in your life that's awesome so, mm. it's an and we do and it is we've kind of formalized the district because it was kind of experimental and we've actually you know we call it a church now um, and, and we have a rule of life at the middle of it so you can you can commit to five five principles mm-hmm. like we're all committed to Jesus this is what we and, do. and this yeah. is who we are and, and it's pretty clear um, we don't have to have a huge big long doctrinal statement but mm-hmm. you know you read through it and so you know commit to rule of life but we say that this this rule of life isn't like for the rest of your life it's just mm-hmm. like try for a year and then we re-up um, mm-hmm. in a year and so you, you can gather around that so people who really want to do that do that and then we do gather everybody together once a month for a, a sunday gathering that is like house church but then we sing we have communion maybe one of us talks for a little longer maybe we'll have a lunch after or something like that um kind of tick that box um you know well but, i feel like that's important because it has that accountability among the house churches that like we're gonna get together and you know how have we all been mm-hmm. yeah living out what we committed to so i feel like that that actually is really important for 
just keeping it grounded in Christ. Because, like, yeah, of course you can do that as an individual or as a household, but yeah. knowing that there's another group that's doing the same is very encouraging. In another part of the city. Yeah. 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 That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I guess I have a question about, like, how do you... And I was talking with somebody else last night about this. How do you balance the high invitation for anyone who can come in and then also still have that depth of um, whatever for mm-hmm. the people that have been there forever, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. How do you I, do that? How do you balance it and walk the middle ground? I think we just do the deep thing and the person who comes who's curious um, maybe spends a couple of Sundays just observing what's happening because I mean they can always ask questions and there's definitely a safe environment we've had that happen but I don't know I, I'm just I think that um, we don't make it we don't make it super secret friendly it's like we just are it's kind of like we're just practicing our life together yeah. and if and if you can just come and observe and if this is interesting to you then you might want to you might want to participate more, yeah. but also you're fine. It's fine for you to just come and sit on the back, you know, sit in the back and like be quiet and just watch people have share their testimonies about yeah. God. And yeah. I, I got into that a little bit. I was new like a couple weeks ago, um, and the first time Gannon and Carrie weren't even home, and they're like, "How's church is going to be in the living room?" It's like Sunday at eleven, and I was like, "Oh, okay, great. I don't nice. know any of these humans." Um, so I like come downstairs and I'm like, "All right, church is happening." She at just my moved place in. of living. Yeah, yes. I moved in like three days before. I was like, "Oh gosh." Wow. Um, but yeah, it was great. We were talking about Revelation and I just spent a whole semester studying Revelation, but I sat and I was quiet the entire time because I was like, this is new. I don't know how this works. Totally. And like, and that was okay. Like nobody was like, why isn't no. she talking? Why doesn't she want to participate? Like that was totally fine. And now like we've been in the backyard a few weeks now and it's like, oh, like I'm excited to share now. Like I yeah. kind of know these people and like this is a, a comfortable space now. Um, but I didn't ever feel like, oh, like they're all this community. And I'm like this new person mm-hmm. like here. It was like, it's cool. Oh, like, yeah. it's good. and it's cool too that everybody is so like their lives are so intertwined that like when you're new, it's like, oh, we recognize like, hey, like, come on, come on in. Yeah. Like afterwards, the first Sunday, we all like went back to Emma's house and like played games and all had lunch together. And I was like, oh, this That's is awesome. really sweet. Like, if I went to a big church this Sunday, like nobody probably would have invited me to their house to have lunch and play games and actually get to know people. Yeah. Um, so I would say like, yeah, like you said, it's not like we're That's like cool. trying yeah. to be like. Like doing specific things to like be seeker friendly, but it just like like it just happens is. in the way it, that people live. Yeah. yeah, right. That's what people are like curious about. It's like a changed life, right? Like, yeah, that's that's the power of the testimony. That's what people want. Yeah, yeah. they're like that's real. If you yeah. see somebody, mm-hmm. if you see somebody have a word for somebody when they're praying for them, yeah. and this person starts crying, it's like what? you right. had no idea yeah. that this just happened, mm-hmm. and, and then people watching that just being like. Like I think I just saw like a magic show. Like this, that just (laughs) yeah, like that just happened. And it's different than like at like a conference or something where that might happen because then you don't see the you don't know that storyline. Like you don't know their life before Mm -hmm. and then watch it after. Like or even just their interaction between each other. You know, yeah, it's not like free candy. Right. It's like, right. sometimes it feels like that in right. different yeah. settings. Uh, exactly. Like Christian Pez <laughs> yes. dispenser, right. I guess yes. yeah. another uh, sort of practical question. Are you getting wet, Faith? Feel free to move. <laughs> I'm pulling up. I think I'm over this. I think I'm right there. Yeah, we can speak. <laughs> it, in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. I'll skip. I'll, I'll do that. Pastures. Um, you can come snuggle with me. Awesome. All right, look. We're now on the uh, Snuggle podcast. Indeed. Either <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, like, a comment about, you know, about that kind of intentionality of it not being weird for the new person. Yeah. Like, gosh, I feel like that just takes a lot of intentionality of, like, the group, of almost, like, this group ethos where it's just, like, we're gonna not be weird towards the people, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. and we're not surprised either when they show up. So right. Because yeah. it's like because yeah. the the ethic is close but not closed, mm-hmm. and Jesus is convening us. We're gathering around Him, yeah. and He's reoriented our, our lives around Himself. And it's just like, yeah, come experience that. Yeah. And there are people who come and are like, yeah, no, this is Ooh. not my thing. They make me talk. I feel like I have to share. You know? Okay, cool. And, and, you know, we try to keep them, you know, 
they have it was been as many as forty people, and that's way too many. All you know, time. it's like the oh. the ideal is like oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. twelve <laughs> to sixteen, maybe twenty people, yeah. and then. Yeah. And then <laughs> That's hilarious. So I'm sorry. How do you do the divide then? <laughs> wait, wait, we try not to use the word divide. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Which multiply. is. Um, we'll multiply. try to say multiply. That's really hard. That's a house church. It's gem. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and, and uh, you know, me as kind of a, a, an apostle kind of leader, I want to like do these real quick. But these are not, this is a slow cooker. Um, and so we, we had um, two, and then we had one, and then we had. Um, we have yeah, and then we've kind of done three, but then, you know, we don't have a, the third formal one right now, and so, you know, that's just my prayer, is that, you know, we'll get to a point where uh, it will be obvious, but but I'm not looking, this is really important, I'm not looking for another location, yeah. I'm looking for a household, I'm looking mm-hmm. for a marriage, I'm looking for a family, I'm looking for a group of guys living together, whatever it is, that's just like, that's already healthy enough to invite people into it, as opposed to, oh snap, we've got too many people, we need to find a room for them to meet in. That's just not, no, it's like, whose who's life is already this way? Who's willing to talk about their mess? You know, who's, you know, and, and there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of pressure on the people that host. I mean, if you lead this kind of, um, facilitate this kind of environment but you know we're not like we are not cooking breakfast for people we make coffee um and, and sometimes people drink the coffee um and sometimes people bring muffins or banana bread or something but it's not it's not like this really it's not a heavy lift at all um, you know i have to not i have to be okay with my dining room chairs being in the backyard because that happens and sometimes the dirt gets on the carpet yeah and sometimes we, people bring their dog to house church, and we have to bring the cat inside yeah. because the cat might eat the dog. Right. So, yeah, well, um, that's right. You know? that's right. Yeah, but, but it's just like life, and that adds to the just the, the reality. Yeah, it's actually backwards in our house. Yeah, Texas the Texas the dominant. Yeah, the okay. dominant. Wow, um, that's awesome. But you know, but you have to be cool because Jesus shows up in these small moments. Right. And it's in the small moments where you really get to exhibit love because it's like so much more of our life is washing dishes, washing cars, you know, dealing with life than it is in you know in a, an environment like this. Sitting, singing wonderful worship music. Um, I think everything's just on an incline. Um, that's okay. But, um, yeah. Okay. What, what number would you say is like kind of your maximum yeah 16 no more than 20 no more than 20 Um, yeah i mean and yeah if you're 23 big deal but it just there's a there's a group quality there yeah for sure yeah 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 it seems like almost i would say 20 is like kind of pushing out but we're there most i know Um, well we're working for that we're waiting we're bumping up against number three we just and then the campus one grows, you know, because it's just a little more soon. So, I mean, campus one will have, you know, we'll have 20 or 30 over there. And, you know, it's just... You kind of just have, like, a feeling of when it's yeah. too big. Usually you can kind of tell right. when a group's, like, yeah. this is not the same quality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you're just kind of keeping your eyes open for right, leaders right within household. within yeah. the group already. Yes. Right. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then we want people to really, if they're, you know, if they're going to facilitate a house church, we really want them to kind of like take up the rule of life, be willing to be, you know, a part of the kind of leadership mm-hmm. structure of the the center community, right? And um, we move from that place. We, you know, it, high accountability, low control. Um, but you just don't want people. You know, you hear all of the bad stories of the. The charismatic leader goes rogue, and it just it's you know yeah the, the yes. church is legion with with this kind of stuff, and it's like um, you know just to try to keep keep the community the family together, yeah, um, multiplying life and, and, and being about you know, similar things, and then we're, we're I mean we think it's really important like we are we you know we've joined a church network and a denomination and we you know I'm not gonna put it on the sign we don't even have a sign to put it on but um you know but it just I I, I feel is really like I have accountability like we have yeah. bylaws we have 
Like, yeah. if I turn out to be an mm-hmm. axe murderer, we have a process yeah. whereby we can remove me <laughs> from yeah. being an axe yeah. murderer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like written in there. Like, I'm not an like I'm not an officer in the church. Yeah. Like, I don't. It, I'm in like a. I serve at the mercy of. That was kind of a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the very first when we, I guess, incorporated as a real church was July twelfth. Eleventh, yeah. Eleventh. Yeah. The feast of Saint Benedict. Which we did not plan. Which I didn't plan. It was kind of cool. What? (laughs) Like Christian geek. Yeah, fun. That's awesome. Yeah, because the rule of life, the rule of Benedict. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, it so fits. Well, we didn't know it until the morning of. Oh, that's amazing. It was wild. Classic. Yeah. But the first order of business for the three officers, and was one of them, was to get and left the room, and they voted, you know, first, do they want a pastor in that role? And second, if so, yes, who? And so it was like, yes, we want a pastor. We want to begin. Get in again. Again, it was so. But like, mm. it's built to be so easily multiplied. Yeah. For lay for lay people to mm. be able to you know, to jump right in. Yeah. You could have a pastor or not. I mean, it's probably good to have one, but Helps. you know, yeah. you could have a team. You know, lead it in a in a responsible way. Um, and you know, you guys are in seminary. You know, I mean, like, you know, some of us get to go to seminary for three years, but like. There's plenty of great things out there where you you can get a certificate and, you know, take a couple of New Testament classes and you have enough to get started Mm -hmm. um, in leading. And I don't don't want to put unnecessary, and this is where it's like Mm -hmm. kind of fun to be, I'm I'm kind of a a weird kind of a Baptist Christian, but in my, you know, at least my denominational (laughs) family, there's just not a lot of uh, barriers to entry um, other than the ones that we put up for ourselves. Right. No, you, you you can do this. Yeah, um, yeah if, if you're living a life worth imitating, and, and and you're willing to be kind of in relationship and accountability, like mm-hmm. come on, let's yeah. let's just, do this together. And yes, you're gonna skin your knees, and yes, you're gonna mess up, but mm-hmm. we we, we are good. better individuals and in community. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's like you're not like a certified candidate for three years and then in or and then the licensed local you know like mm-hmm. going through this crazy it's just like oh you want to serve mm-hmm. awesome and with the with the right kind of training and ongoing accountability and i think um yeah. And we will. I mean, we will do the formal thing. Like, if you if you want to be licensed to ministry because you're serving as a, a police chaplain, we, we can do that. If you want to be ordained, we can go through a process. If you want to be an apprentice or an intern, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we don't we don't have lots of barriers. Yeah. To entry. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I have a question. What does it look like? Say, there's like another couple who would then start like the third house church. What would the process look like for them? Like, is there some kind of like training or discipleship yeah. specifically? Um, well, it's be or, yeah, it's be around and um, be a part of a session like this mm-hmm. and um, take up the way of life, uh, be on the regular uh, Zoom calls, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think we'll just we'll just know. Yeah, come on, as long as a couple of people, there's, there's, there's two couples that are ready for this. It's just a matter. of... I, I think they're ready. They have to think that they're ready. <laughs> or just want can't, to. Yeah, yeah, you right. can't make it's like the is a it's a really interesting thing in, in like like leadership theory is like you gotta disrupt um, something but you can't do it too fast Abruptly, or you can't wait yeah. too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes you wanna push little birdies out of the nest before they're ready and that's okay with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then sometimes you wait too long and then they lose the maybe the fire that they had for it and get kind of comfortable going yeah these are my friends and this is good and, you know it's like yeah. we, you know Matt, michael and emma helped facilitate the center house church now and um you know there was a little debate as as happens in i wish Emma was here but uh, as happens in kind of church communities but, but wait we don't want to separate from our friends it's like okay cool well your friends can all go with you. <laughs> Create some more room in my house. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, which so there's a little more permeability with a, with a few folks. Yeah. Um, but I'm not trying to split you and your friends up. But I, I see gifts in you. I mm-hmm. I see you living this out. You're inviting people already to your house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and just because you don't have a large home doesn't mean we can't set you up with another space to mm-hmm. to serve as a place to do this. Um, so they are at the center, and the center's a much larger space. So. 
felt like. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we're just yeah. one day at a time following the dust of the rabbi, you know. Mm-hmm. Is this, does this have legs for 10 years, for 50 years? I don't know. I mean, how many of the Apostle Paul's churches are still around? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's a lot longer timeline than you just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, but um, you know, but we, you know, I think, I think sometimes yeah. in, in 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 you know church leadership, we we want to found something that's going to be around yeah. for yeah. Yeah. we get two like centuries. way too ahead of ourselves yeah. for even yeah. what not thinking about yeah the we, present grace that we yeah. have, yep. and so we start. Right, thinking mm-hmm. about future grace, and we overthink yeah. it. And I think grace. that's yes. been the, the genius when yeah. when we when we kind of like had a little meeting to say I think we we're becoming church. It was like January of 2020 um, in our living room, and uh, Holly Beeler uh, said, "I think there's some word about young people here rebuilding the foundations of the temple, and there's something about doing this with young people because you know a lot of young people just want to think about and tomorrow. They're not." thinking with me about so in two months when we need to set this up they're just like no 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 no, no. tomorrow tomorrow, uh, tomorrow. dinner tonight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did jesus say <laughs> do not worry about your life what you will eat what yeah. you drink what you wear you know <laughs> you know each day has enough trouble of its own and so it's like sure young is. people rebuilding the foundation of this temple i mean are helping me like just let's just do today yeah, um, I do have to get them to think about mm-hmm. vision yeah. sometimes. But it's good for me to just kind of, I've just, you know, part of this journey for me is a journey in getting over myself and um, leaning on the wonderful training that we've received and gifts that we have and abilities that we have. But, you know, I just, I think hearing myself talk week after week after week, I'm sure that'd be great for somebody, but um, I, I like to hear what the community says. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we can guide that as best we can. So. Yeah, truly, like, empowers people. You know? Totally. And, like, that Ephesians 4 passage, like, you know, apostles, yeah. prophets, pastors, totally. teachers, mm-hmm. to yeah. equip the to saints. Equip the saints for yeah. the right? Like, yeah. you know, is yeah. a past. Like, I mean, not to, my. I mean, I'm certainly not trying to, like, knock the, the parish model, sure. yeah. per se. But, you know, does a pastor preaching 45 minutes every single Sunday always equip? in the same sort of way uh-huh. that you could, you know, is it the most effective way, I guess. Uh-huh. It could help, you know, but I don't know. It's just a good question. I was just talking to, so one of our, our most newly baptized mem- members, wrong word, but whatever. Yeah. Part of the community. Yeah, part of the community. <laughs> um, she's, in her, she's in her 30s, and we had lunch last week, and last week, yeah, soon, recently, and she was just, and so she, when we first met her, and she was saying, not met her, we've known her for eight years, but um, when we, when she first started coming around, one of her big things was like, I really want to get out of my work. Um, I really want, I really want to get out of my work environment. And so I was like, okay, well, we can pray about that. What that looks like, and we'll do it. We can help you. And um, and then she said, said to lunch a couple weeks ago, she said. I was like, how is work going? You know, this is like months later. And she's like, oh, you know, it's great. Ever since Michael, Emma's husband, um, shared his testimony about like just asking God to make him content where he was. Like, I felt like God used his testimony to speak to me. And wow. now I just see my whole thing differently. And so I don't even mm-hmm. think about leaving anymore. That's, That's amazing. Really so it's like stuff yeah. like that, right? Wow. Like no sermon is going to, I mean, maybe a sermon did that. But like, it's actually, it feels more powerful and certainly less, less prep to like facilitate a place where Michael can yeah. share this and then Tara's life can be changed. <laughs> yeah. So wow. that's incredible. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just examples like that where it's like she tells me this and I'm like, okay, this this is this is working. Like yeah. this is working. She's not even she's not stressed about work. She's found she's she's evangelizing everybody. So we started doing <laughs> we started doing yoga, um yoga with like incorporating scripture and all that, um, on Friday mornings and she and she's there all the time and so now she's inviting all of her whole salon to come do yoga and she's like come do yoga with Jesus with me you know it's just like so innocent yeah. and, wow. yeah. and I think one of her cohorts is going to start coming so it's just stuff like that yeah, where so she's simple. now like yeah. she's yeah, like, like not scared of being a Christian in her in a workplace and like I mean her mm-hmm. baptism like all the people she works with came to her baptism oh, yeah. Yeah. that's the cool thing about new believers and then coming to faith 
in this environment yeah. as if you've seen yeah. open life and so you don't know <laughs> any yeah. better yeah. than to have your life open. Yeah, she invited yeah. her yeah. workplace, her clients, like, yeah. she had like 25 people show up. And then there's all these people we learned have been praying for for right. 10 right. years. And who knows what those yeah. 25 people who came oh, were totally. like, probably anticipated totally. walking into some steeple, yeah. you know, totally. uh, red carpet. And they were like, wait, wacky. you're doing yeah. baptism like this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. In the river? In the river? <laughs> In the river? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Wow. So These people talk to me? Really cool. Wow. Yeah. Really that's cool. awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. It's hmm. been a good discussion. Anna, you have any yeah. thoughts, yeah. questions? Anna, I, I have a lot of this. thoughts, mm-hmm. but they're not composed enough to okay. ask any questions. Okay. okay. Well, we're, we're resources to you, and, um, you know, we want to help equip whoever, wherever to do this. Um, and we can connect it into this network legally, or we can be like, no. Whatever church, let's help you um, do that. And my actual, my actual paid work is what is actually that. It's like, how do you help regular churches like live into this sort of a reality? Um, and then my test case is just like what I get to do for fun. Because I love it. That's awesome. I'll just say Anna's been an encouragement to me as because she was with us. She graduated two years ago, right? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. now, at least yeah, two and a half. And. Yeah. Um, so living, went to Jordan, the country for you guys, but is back now, um, living household. So like mm-hmm. has well, people living with we, her, a couple yeah. single people. We have, so yeah, we have, I can share a little bit about Yeah, go for it. So we have a house, it's me and my brother and we have two renters and they're yeah. lovely. And what's, was really encouraging to me is I've always wanted to do a, a household. I've always wanted to have a household. And so mm-hmm. to see Carrie and Gannon doing it like in real life was really encouraging. And then... A week ago, Sunday, we um, I met, I, I guess, gathered some people who have independently expressed the same idea to me in, like, the area. And there are, well, only five of us were there, but there are about ten who mm-hmm. actually have independently expressed to me or someone that I know um, about how we really want to be living, like Annan said, on mission. And how are we being the church and the local community and... Mm-hmm rather than being the church at a church, you know, or even not even being the church, just being at church, which is not the same thing. And so it was really um, a lot of the themes that sort of emerged from what we our little discussion that we had were what would, like, church look like and all of that. And, I mean, I have the notes here, so if anyone really wants to know, there's a lot. But um, it was it was about, like, just vulnerability and creating that community space where where people feel welcome and especially people who have been traditionally marginalized by um traditional church where it's a place where they can come in and feel welcome but hear the truth of god Mm -hmm. and and where there's this idea of biblical literacy so there's not a uh, intellectual or biblical like hierarchy of like Mm -hmm. i am Mm -hmm. the pastor and i know all about the bible and i just expect that you know yeah um when there's no reason that you should and so I really thought that uh, it was interesting and that it should be centered on the word, um, that there should be prayer and community. These are all things that were articulated. I didn't tell them anything about y'all. I mean, Josh Duke knew, but kind of. But they're things that were articulated independently. Um, That's great. Love him together, which is something that stood out to me. So I thought that it was just very encouraging. So So, come to Newport News and join my group. I don't know what's going on. So we don't know (laughs) what form this is kind of going to take, but I'm really excited that it's starting to sort of take off because it's been a long road. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Love that. We'll keep talking about that. That's exciting. Yeah, super exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I imagine many of the pastors that you would, or even just households that you would kind of empower to lead one, probably have a day job yeah yeah most often totally. yeah like 95 yeah. percent have yeah. like a different day job yep. they're not the ceo they're of the church cle- no they're not <laughs> clergy or no. even yeah vocationally yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome i love that and so i mean I, you know and for any pastor that's could be listening to this it's like you're not going to run out of people. <laughs> like it's true. You know, be at peace. It's like there's you know you you clarify what you're doing. Some people will say I don't want to do that thing that you're doing, and some, well, but a lot of people will. And yeah. I, you know, I, if you're living like this, if if again it's about my life as a gift, then 
Yeah. I, I'm going to give and I'm going to leave it to God to sort out yeah. uh, the rest of that. And when I find people who, who are giving back to me and it feels easy, it feels like peace, yeah. we've found one match. You know? yeah. It's hard. Just, just have peace there. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, but if, if I, in my own life, I've spent a lot of time chasing, trying to make peace where maybe there's not peace. Mm-hmm. And sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. just have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm just like, I'm just thinking about the, you know, kind of the origins of the church and the service of word and service of table. Mm-hmm. But it seems like such an interesting, because there's elements of both of those very much. Mm-hmm. in the group you know and so I'm just I'm just thinking about that it's just um, it just seems so unique like the expression of the service of the word too with the Lectio Divina um, and yeah and how it really is equipping people to do to do it and to live to live the life you know I'm just more thinking. I saw just thinking. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah. like we've, we've separated it, but it's like it's, you know, for in, in the early church, it was all together. I mean, you know, the, you know, the theory is, is that the church gathered, um, and they, they, they discussed, everybody had a word, they sang, whatever they did, and then they moved into dinner. It was, it was like, it was model on the Roman supper club. So then they had a meal together. Um, it's just the, the crazy thing with the Christian supper club is that you didn't have to be of a certain class to yeah. enter the meeting. It was for everybody. So it was this yeah. radical. That's why the Romans were so upset. Because yeah. Christians were upending. Don't you know this is how it's yeah. supposed to be in society? Um, and, you know, and that's why Paul got so bent out of shape with, say, the Corinthian church is because, you know, the people didn't know how to eat with people who weren't in their same socioeconomic groups so they would eat at home before or they would bring uh, food for their family but they didn't know how to share because maybe they were poor you know and so Paul's just having to work that out and um, so it was most often and this is this is a theory proposed by um, in some historian that like they met probably on a Saturday or Sunday night um, so they could be extended um, but as they grew, they just had to take on a different form. And eventually they moved to Sunday morning, um, which was, you know, the day of resurrection. And they had to meet early in the day because then people, people worked all day. They didn't have a day off in society. And so, you know, the table part became kind of whittled down to just the expression of communion, which then the Lord uses as a whole new vehicle, um, than just the agape meal, but you know, it's it, you know, how do you hold all those things together yeah. um, and talk about those things? I feel like a lot of church uh, uh, groups don't, you know, talk about table very, yeah. very well. I mean, it's either a you know a, a church potluck or it's maybe yeah. we have communion occasionally with a little cracker and you now you like open Commute up to, to a top. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of rich. There's yeah. there's a lot to talk about here with table mm-hmm. um, and family and fellowship and you know, breaking bread and, and, and Christ's body and blood and, and why like th- that was how the church communicated its life way before we had a, that, that big copy of the Holy Scriptures mm-hmm. yeah. um, hundreds of years yeah. so yeah this is all stuff I love talking about so thanks for Thanks for being a part, and thanks for coming to Renew, and thanks for being part of um, you know this this breakout session and, and this little a session uh, on the Start Dreaming Again podcast. <laughs> Seriously. So, anyway, peace. All right. Um, I hope we were all able to take away some key points from today's session. I know that I really enjoyed it, and it really drove home a lot of things that we've been talking about recently in our community. Yeah, it was definitely a continuation of the conversations that we've been having in our community um, through tribe, through house church, through other activities that we have. Um, So I, yeah, I took away a lot. Yeah. So let's talk about some of those takeaways (laughs) and just kind of get you thinking about what happens next. Now that you've listened to this, how are you going to let it impact your life? I know for me, it made me think about how to just implement a lifestyle of hospitality as I go about my daily life. Um, And it just encourages me to look for ways to implement that hospitality and to implement 
those fresh expressions of church into future communities that I'm in, whether that's still in Fredericksburg, you know, post-grad or living somewhere else or back at home with my family or in a completely different city, wherever I am, just the knowledge that like I have Jesus <laughs> and that's more important yeah. and that, you know, where two or three are gathered, then there is the mm-hmm. spirit. And so, yeah, just ways to implement church wherever I am. Yeah, definitely. And it's encouraging to reaffirm the center community core of relationships mm-hmm. around the table um, and just learning that we can invite people in like mm-hmm. as we live for Jesus in and through our community mm-hmm. um, we're just living and like inviting others into that um, and that's so important to remember and yeah something we can definitely take with us as we move on um, also listening to others experiences and learning the new ways of being the church. Mm-hmm. Um, some some ways that like we did not know existed. Yeah. Um, and forming a family within the community of believers that we do life with every day. We go to school with these people. We um, are in the community with one another. And mm-hmm. it's something, it's a building block. It's a structure um, that we can lean on. Yeah, for sure. So we'll be talking more about leaning on each other <laughs> in the next episode. Um, our next session from Renew is going to be about friendship, which is so important. I know so many college students are just searching for real friendships that maybe they've never had before. Um, and yeah, friendship is very important to all kinds of people. It was important to Jesus. It's important to us. So we're going to talk about it on our next episode. We hope that you'll tune in. And until then, have a great couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you next time. Yeah.